for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Bonte Hill, pre- and post-game warrior host for NBC Sportsnet Bay Area, and of course, on the morning roast on 95.7 The Game, Monday through Friday, about the Warriors Championship Parade and what this offseason holds for Bob Myers, Steve Kerr, and the Golden State Warriors. The NBA draft comes up on Thursday, but they've got free agents to figure out. Can they get Kevon Looney back? Would you rather have Gary Payton II? What is this roster going to look like when the season starts in 2022-2023? All things we can talk about with Bonte Hill, who joins me next. Today is Wednesday, June 22nd. Pleasure to welcome back to the podcast, Bonte Hill. You see him all season long, pre and post game NBC Sports at Bay Area on Warriors coverage, and of course every morning on ninety five seven The Game's Morning Rose. Bonte, great to have you back talking about another Dubs Championship, man. And you were at the forefront of this thing, dude. How are you? I'm good, Colts man. What a what a ride, right? What a ride that ends the parade where everybody is all smiles. There's no negativity. But who would have thought the Golden State Warriors will be hoisting their fourth championship the last eight years? Especially with the way this season played out. I had like I thought they could contend Copeland championship. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's that's very impressive. No, I'm with you. Because there were so many ifs or what ifs or what could happen with this roster. I mean, we thought like if Clay comes back and if Clay is is a version of himself like we saw in the past, they were gonna be damn good. We knew Steph was coming off of one of the best seasons, if not the best season of his career last season. If Draymond could get healthy, it was just a whole lot of ifs. And then you sprinkle in some of the other guys, Jonathan Kaminga, who was a young asset, James Wiseman, who did not play a role or wasn't impactful. Then a guy like Kavon Looney who plays every game of the season. It was unpredictable and and it was also sort of predictable based on what could have happened if it played out that way and the Warriors are champs again. Uh, no doubt. I mean, Clay Thompson being, and he's not even the same Clay Thompson right now. He's still pretty damn good. It was funny when everybody wanted Clay Thompson to be benched, and I'm thinking to myself, uh, he'll be okay. And he showed <laughs> that game six against Memphis, game five against Dallas, some great finals games. Looney, now, what a surprise era. What a story, right? Kevon Looney plays in every single game. I remember after the Lakers game, there were people chanting to start Bielita over Kevon Looney. <laughs> what a season he had, right? He's going to get paid. I hope the Warriors can still somehow find a way uh, to bring him back. But with the way it played out, Coach, everything you mentioned, Jermon Green, the back injury, missing 36 games. Clay, Steph Curry missed the last 12 games of the regular season. We had no idea what his foot was going to look like going into the playoffs. He comes off the bench at first four games of the postseason and kind of set the tone there. And how about Andrew Wiggins? Who would have thought he'd become this defensive stopper uh, when he was traded over from Minnesota? You talk about a final series that he had averaging over 18 and damn near nine rebounds a game and shutting down Jason Tatum. I mean, yeah, we, we shouldn't be shocked, but some of the results in the way it played out is shocking. Just what a turbulent ride after a hot start, 18 to two and then are up and down, up and down. I they middle of the pack over the last three months of the season. I'm kind of blown away. You know what, Copeland? The window is open for yeah. more titles. It's totally open. Now, I don't. I don't know if they'll uh, if they'll get another one in eight years. That would be a hell of a, <laughs> of a run for uh, right. for this group. But the window, definitely, from what we've seen and what we've seen from guys like Jordan Poole, have emerged as uh, as weapons in this offense. Certainly, you brought up the Andrew Wiggins numbers, man. I, I know you were saying damn near nine rebounds a game in the playoffs. For me now, going into next season, there's no excuse, man. These four and a half in the regular season, I need Andrew Wiggins out there pulling out seven a game. I I don't think that's an unreasonable ask for a guy. And I know that would be a tough thing to do over the course of a season. But he is, as you pointed out, a defensive stalwart. He's their best wing weapon that can match up with other wing defenders and he was playing big in the playoffs man I need this guy pulling down six or seven boards a game next year yeah I, I think he will do that I think this is going to catapult him into another level in his career he's never smiled more 
during the course of his NBA career. He feels like he's at home. He's got one of the best smiles. I'm serious, Colts. He's smiling ear to ear. And what's something he said last Saturday in their exit pressers when he basically said, look, this organization, they love the players. They take care of the players. They take care of the players' families. And it feels like one big family. And it sounded like he did not want to leave. I mean, when you play with Stephen Curry and the open shots that are created for you by just being on the court with Stephen Curry, why would you want to leave? So I think Colts grabbing seven rebounds next year. I think he's going to go for career highs when it comes to rebound. I think he'll still average around 17 to 18 points per game. But I also believe he's going to get all defensive team votes for the first time in his career like he didn't do the last two years when he should have because the last two years he's been playing solid defense. I'm kind of with you there. He's going to have a career year. Uh, in 2022-23. I'm looking forward to it, man. But as you pointed out, there's a lot of guys they got to figure out this offseason. Seven free agents. I think if you count the players that are on the roster right now, uh, the, what's it, like nine or something like that, you sprinkle in uh, right. that draft pick that hasn't been made yet uh, on Thursday night. That'll be uh, another earmarked uh, bit of money. If you had to pick, and I would say the top three free agents, Andre Iguodala is a guy who's probably going to retire. If not, I'm not sure what role right. he would play or come back. But it seems like he's going that way. If you could pick to bring back one of the three of Kevon Looney, Gary Payton II, and I'm going to put Otto Porter Jr. as maybe the third biggest pending free agent there. You could bring back one. Who's your number one guy? Ooh, that's a great question. That's a great question because what GP2 does is so unique. How many teams have a point guard who could pick up defensively 94 feet yep. and play the dunker spot on offense where basically he's playing a big man's position and he's just a recipient of great passes off of penetrations by Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson or Jordan Poole, and he's getting easy slams. That is tough, but, oh, man, I lean loony. I lean loony because I think Wiseman said something important Saturday where he basically said, look, I watched where Looney was. I watched his positioning. He knew where to be. And when you have a game where you grab 22 rebounds in a closeout game or you have a big impact in the Western Conference Finals, and nobody can get by you on switches on pick and rolls as a big. I just think he knows where to be. He knows when to screen. He knows when to roll to the basket. He has an underrated mid-range jumper that he never shoots. He can actually hit the shot right. for 15 feet. I lean Kevon Looney. Gary Payton's the one that I look at and I say, I think he can help the most teams. It's not that Kevon Looney doesn't deserve it and wouldn't right. be an asset for anybody, but I everything you just said about him, being able to play the dunker spot uh, in the offense, and not only can he pick up for 94 feet, he can pick up just about any position on the floor. You can switch off of him, and he can have a dude that's six inches taller than him, and even if he gets beat, it's not going to be easy. you got to work against Gary Payton. The thing about Kevon Looney to me is I wonder if he were to end up somewhere else, if his impact on that team would be as big as it is on the Warriors, because the Warriors do what they do he's got a system here he's got a role here he knows what his role is he's comfortable here he's got all the championship rings with these guys I just wonder about Gary Payton's impact he could go out and as a guard play just about anywhere I think Kevon Looney you're going to get the most out of him in Golden State even if he deserves to get money elsewhere it's a valid reaction because I think you're right when it comes to Looney if Looney played somewhere else would they expect him to grab you know eight rebounds a game score 10 points and how will the injuries play out he is a great system fit I do wonder the same thing about Gary Payton II. Yeah. If the team has him, can you play him alongside Damian Lillard, who really doesn't play any defense? Or can you play him a- alongside a, a LaMelo Ball in Charlotte if Kitty Atkinson would have gone there? Now I know Kitty Atkinson is back. But what about Sacramento? They already have Davion Mitchell and De'Aaron Fox. Would Gary Payton II fit there? So to your point, I think Gary Payton II is in the same predicament. What does it look like? However, there's not a lot of backup point guards who could dunk on your head like Gary Payton II and fluster six, seven wing players. So what's more important to your team? 
Is it defending the wing? Is it defending point guards having a small guy in a dunker spot? Or do you need a traditional big? I think that's where the difference is with Looney or Gary Payton II. But you can make the argument for both players. Mm-hmm. And both players, look, ideally, I would love both of them to be back. Uh, Coach, you don't win the championship, I don't believe, without Kevon Looney and Gary Payton II. And that seems asinine to say, but I think it's the truth with the way they played in the postseason. Yeah, I don't think it's that ridiculous to say. These guys played huge roles, and Gary Payton coming back from the elbow injury was uh, was insane, yep. man. We thought his season was over. That was going to be it, maybe, and he had an opportunity to uh, to win a ring and then take his shirt off at the parade. By the way, who who won the parade for you? Who was your guy? Who was the number oh, one dude at the parade? Clay Thompson. Yeah, yeah no wow. question. He's the MVP. <laughs> this, was, this was the parade of Clay Thompson. I mean, to have the last bus here down Market Street. Hitting the Michael Jackson over the Larry O'Brien trophy. Almost losing your championship ring. <laughs> sipping Hennessy VSOP while sipping on Moet. He already lost his captain hat before right, the right. parade. In the Bay, this was the parade of Clay Thompson. It's now parade, Clay. Hands down, unanimous MVP yesterday. By the way, if you're the winner of the parade, it means you're probably the loser on Tuesday morning, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, he was the loser last night. I don't know if you saw it. So I did, I did. Hot tub, like, he was like, dude, I need a minute, man. Let me relax, guys. Let me get this cold tub real quick and just get my particles back. I mean, he was yawning during interviews before the rally even started, so there's no doubt he popped probably about five, et cetera, and got some good sleep. Probably did not take his boat back to Moran. I hope I'm not. No. He just maybe Ubered <laughs> and kept the boat in the bay. Maybe he picked it up later. Maybe he picked it up right now or something. Yeah. I don't know. We'll record this podcast. But definitely, when you're the MVP of a parade. Now, Steph Curry was, was the MVP for the after party. I didn't know Steph Curry could get down like Me that. Me neither, bro. Me neither, man. He, he hit the night-night in a different way at the after party. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was a lot of fun, man. Hey, uh, before we let you go, Bonte, just a thought on, on Steve Kerr, man. I was looking it up because I was like, what are the parameters? Like in college basketball, we end up now like John Calipari's already in the Hall of Fame, right? You get Coach K in the Hall of Fame as a coach. I'm like, what's the rule? We, we've been a week now removed from the championship, and Steve Kerr's not in the Hall of Fame. I got problems. I got beef. We got to get my guy in. So the yeah. rule is it's just like when you play. It's five years after you retire, or you have to be a professional coach for 25 years. I don't know if Steve Kerr is going to get to the 25 years, but his legacy, man, established. Nine rings now, five as a player, four as a coach. Dude's a Hall of Famer, and he's on the short list of some of the all-time greats in the NBA. I mean, he tied Red Auerbach for most championships as a player coach. Nine. They win another ring. He's in a club with Phil Jackson, Bill Russell. I mean, some of the greats, Casey Jones, I believe, is on that list. The job Steve Kerr did, I believe it's his finest job. He's done as the coach of the Golden State Warriors. And to me, it was criminal he didn't get one coach of the year vote. This team won 53 games. 53 games while trying to develop young talent in Kuminga, Moody, Jordan Poole, and James Wiseman, who didn't play this year, while trying to contend for a championship with the old core. And then you had injuries galore, right? Steph misses 18 mm-hmm. games. Draymond misses 36. You don't know what Clay Thompson is going to look like. He doesn't come back until January 9th. Otto Porter Jr. doesn't play back-to-backs. We didn't see Iguodala since January. You know, Bielitsa was unplayable at some point, and yet they won 53 games. It did not go to a game seven in the playoffs. I think he adjusted and outcoached multiple guys. Jason Kidd, Taylor Jenkins. He undressed Taylor Jenkins. And then Ima Udoka, he made the adjustment in the finals there in the last three games to win those last three games. And it was funny how a segment of the fan base just said, oh, Steve Kerr's, he's not creative. He's got to throw any offense. Forget the reading react. Forget the motion. Just let Steph cook. Yada, 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 yada. This is Steve Kerr's best job. He's been a hell of a coach. He will be in the Hall of Fame at some point. For once, hopefully everybody appreciates what type of head coach and what type of person he is. Off and on the floor, speaking up for social rights. The speech he had mm-hmm. after what happened in Evaldi, Texas, was standing the test of time. It was very emotional. 
and having a guy like that speak it up for our community, I mean, we're lucky to have Steve Kerr as coach. And to think that Mark Jackson was there and he gets fired and Stan Van Gundy's interviewing and he wants full control, we'd love to see Steve Kerr. And, boy, has it paid off there. Four championships in eight years. And he hasn't lost a series, coach, in the Western Conference. <laughs> They're undefeated in the Western Conference. Overall, they've lost, what, two series? And under Steve yep. Kerr, it's really remarkable. So he will be in the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame before it's all said and done in Springfield, Massachusetts. However long he coaches, we'll see about that. But, I mean, the leash is long, right? You have Steph Curry. That's it. He doesn't look like he's slowing down. You have Clay Thompson. You have Draymond. You have a young stable of young hyenas who's going to come on and take the throne from Steph, Clay, and Dre. Life is good for Steve Kerr right now. One day he'll be in the Hall of Fame, but I don't anticipate that being in the next five the 10 years because he's got some more coaching to do. And don't sleep on his uh, his p- potential uh, gold medal in the Olympics. He's going to coach the Olympic That's team, right. too. So you, th- yeah. you throw that in there, too. Yeah. Get Steph a gold medal. And uh, one thing Steve Kerr doesn't have is a, a play-in game win. we got to get Steve Kerr one of those. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> what hasn't he done? You know what I mean? So, hey, Bonte, right. always fun catching up, dude. I appreciate the time, man. Uh, tell the family I said hi. Enjoy some rest, dude. You get a little bit of time off before football gets going. So uh, enjoy oh, the time man. away from the game, dude. Enjoy the family. We'll talk to you soon, man. Colts, it's always good talking to you, man. I love you, bro. You keep doing your thing, man. You're all over the place. Every time I see it on Twitter, whether it's with Tolbert, Giants pod, this pod, I mean, you're all over the place. You're a rising star, man. You, you really are something special. So always glad to join you and talk some uh, ball with you. Appreciate you, bro. Catch you later, man. Anytime, Colts. Uh, great stuff from Bonte Hill. Make sure you're reading him, reading him, watching him, listening to him, following him. We always have writers on. I was thinking Bonte, a writer. No, TV and radio guys. So make sure you're getting uh, uh, up on the 95.7 The Game's morning roast, of course, and uh, and always with NBC Sports Bay Area for Giants and for Warriors and, of course, in 49er time. Thank you to Bonte. Thank you to Brian Smith, my producer. Thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is you're listening. We'll keep bringing you the best stories in Bay Area sports. The Warriors get right back to the drawing board on Thursday. The NBA draft coming up. Giants come back to town this weekend. We can get into all of that in the days and weeks ahead. Until Friday, enjoy the week. We'll talk to you then.